Good evening and welcome to Unbreak Your Health, the podcast program about the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, the complete guide to complementary and alternative therapies. And tonight our topic is the Berard Auditory Intervention Training, or AIT, and our guest is Sally Brockett, president of the Berard Auditory Integration Training International Society, director of the IDEA Training Center, and a Berard instructor and practitioner for 17 years. Sally, in fact, was trained by Dr. Guy Berard, creator of the AIT therapy, and following his retirement, he appointed her his worldwide representative with responsibility for his program. Good evening, Sally. Good evening. So who is Dr. Guy Berard? Well, he's a French physician, and he was originally a general practitioner, and then when he began having more interest in the auditory system, he went back to school and became an ENT and went on to develop his auditory integration training program. Which made sense since he was specializing in ear, nose, and throat at that point. Exactly. And what exactly is his auditory intervention training therapy? Well, the program is an intervention that can reorganize or balance the functions of the auditory system. So when people, whether they're children or adults, because this is applicable to all ages, when they have auditory hypersensitivity or distortions and delays in the signals that interfere with their ability to process auditory information, normally it can disrupt their communication skills and learning skills and social skills. They may have inconsistencies and distortions in the way sounds are perceived that make it difficult to interpret the auditory information. And Dr. Burrard states that the ears need to be coordinated, just as our hands need to be able to be coordinated together and our eyes need to be coordinated, the ears need to, to work together. And if the hearing in one ear is different than another, the person may have auditory processing problems. Lack of coordination between the ears will contribute to difficulties in things like following directions or understanding what is said or what they read, putting their thoughts into words. Some people hear certain frequencies much better or with more acuity than other frequencies. And when that happens, the person perceives sounds in a distorted manner. They might be easily distracted. They can be irritable because of that. So these types of auditory problems may contribute to disorders such as learning disabilities, attention deficit, dyslexia, hyperactivity, sensory processing disorder, you know, many other things that we see with children. And who would be a good candidate for AIT? Well, we look at the skills and abilities that are creating a challenge for the individual. And if they have difficulty areas that have been shown to improve with the Brevard AIT, then the program, you know, could be considered for them. For example, if they have concerns about auditory memory or following directions, language development, sensory processing, poor socialization, the person might benefit from the program. There are tests that could be done to help identify areas of concern, but I found that often parents know the child's weak areas and they're looking for ways to improve them. And the minimum age is three years and there's no upper limit. So it's open to many different ages and you know, skills and abilities. Do many special needs children have the auditory problems that you've described? Yes, they do. They Probably most of the children in special education have some degree of difficulty with the auditory system, and it could most likely be reorganized or brought back into balance through this training. The auditory system includes the vestibular system, and that's the command center for sensory processing. So anything that's regulated by the vestibular system, which means all senses, not just the auditory, may show a response to the broad AIT. 
and I've just recently completed a study that I've submitted for publication in a peer-reviewed journal that documents significant improvement in sensory modulation within a month after the AIT was finished. So the ear really has much more significant role than just the function of hearing. We kind of think of it as the center of our hearing, but how we hear or how we listen is very important. But many people focus only on whether or not hearing is present or absent, whether somebody needs a hearing aid, rather than looking more closely at how well the entire system is functioning. And in fact, the, how you hear actually influences how you think, how the brain processes information, doesn't it? Absolutely. In fact, the title of Dr. Berard's book is Hearing Equals Behavior. So you actually, you know, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Led right into that statement, didn't I? You certainly did. <laughs> What does the treatment actually consist of? Well, it's a listening program. And so the individual needs to listen to music through headphones, and the music is specially modified or modulated by the educator or the audio kinetron. Those are the two Berard devices that are designed for AIT. Devices modulate the music so the treble is accentuated. They'll hear a burst of treble while the bass is subdued, and then they'll hear the bass and the treble is subdued and it alternates in a random fashion so it's not predictable. And it's working the the ear in a very unique way to stimulate this rebalancing or retraining in the auditory pathways. So they listen a half an hour twice a day for a total of 10 hours. Um, They have audio tests prior to the training and after the first five hours of training to indicate whether any specific filters we have narrow band filters. So we may filter out a specific frequency depending on what the test shows. Um, we use the intense period of, you know, twice a day for the 10 days in order to stimulate the system with frequency and intensity so neuroplasticity can be triggered for this reorganization. And is there any follow-up treatment required, or is the 10 hours pretty much the whole program? Well, follow-up can be provided in things that will teach the child more skills because now the system is reorganized and they may be able to learn easier things that were difficult for them prior to the training. So Mm -hmm. now they're not struggling anymore with a a disorganized system, and the follow-up activities should be individualized to meet the specific skills and needs of the client. So I can't really say a specific thing, you know, for everybody. It depends on the individual. But typically the client will be able to learn more rapidly from the activities after they've completed the AIT program because now their system is working much more efficiently. And can you use any kind of music, or does this have to be a special type of music? We use a lot of reggae, light rock, and jazz. Um, It needs to have a rapid tempo and a wide frequency range so that there's a lot of treble, but also sufficient bass, not too much bass. Um, The volume needs to be fairly consistent throughout the music so that you don't have really loud sections and then very, very soft sections. So it's a lot of reggae, jazz-type music. I had heard that regular MP3 files really can't be used for AIT. Correct. The MP3 files are compressed, and when they do that to make the file, the music file, smaller, they take out some of the high frequencies because the average person may not hear them, so they wouldn't miss it, and some of the bass. But the clients that are receiving AIT, that's part of their problem. They do hear those frequencies, so we need to have that in the music. How difficult is it? to get a small child to sit with headsets on and just listen to music? Well, it's easier than you would expect. That's a a question that many parents will ask, nearly all parents will ask, because the kids that we see are very active. They may not have a good attention span. Um, 
so they, you know, they're, they're restless or hyperactive. But we can get them to cooperate by preparing them ahead of time and helping the, the child become familiar with wearing headphones. That, that helps if they, you know, have worn them before they come. And taking some time to help parents understand the steps so that the child will know what to expect. Preparing them, I send home a little booklet, like a picture story booklet that kind of talks through the, the process that the parents can read to the child. And then there's a variety of procedures to help decrease the sensitivity to wearing headphones because some of these children won't accept headphones initially and the parents can practice some at home. And then there may be additional techniques used during the program so the child will be calm and, and feel safe and comfortable. So usually, even though the, the concern is great for the parents, they accept the listening, I think, because they quickly feel the difference. They notice the difference even after just one day of it and then they actually want to do the listening. So I've only had four children who have not been able to accept the headphones to go through the program since 1992. So it's a fraction of a percent that have difficulty with it. What kind of improvements do parents usually see with the AIT? Well, parents will often report a reduction in tantrums, sound sensitivity, often, almost, almost always, I, I don't want to say always, but you know, nearly always is reduced or eliminated. Children's language, their speech and language improve, so they may talk for the first time or they may ask questions, learn how to use pronouns properly or verb tenses or longer sentences. Hyperactivity and impulsivity often decrease. Attention skills increase so that they pay better attention. Of course, once you have their attention, you can begin teaching them better. Speech and language skills and motor skills, which surprises people sometimes because the motor skills people don't associate with the auditory system, but the inner ear is connected with the cerebellum. So when you're stimulating that, it kind of loops through, and the cerebellum has a, a lot of regulation in the motor area. Sensory processing improves often quite dramatically. I'm sure there's a lot of parents that are going to be very happy to hear that. Uh, right, right. I do have some pre- and post-test results posted on my website that show some of the changes in the various skills, and that's often interesting to take a look at. There is also a summary of many studies that have been done that document the effectiveness of the Burrard AIT, and those are posted on a website at www.sait.org. Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'll love my new book. The second edition of How to Unbreak Your Health is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies. It features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories. And you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. And what are some of the studies that have been done on AIT? Well, back in the early 90s, there was a very large study done with children on the autism spectrum. And there were over 400 people that went through that, that research program. And they showed positive results in a decrease in behavioral difficulties and a decrease in the sound sensitivity. So that produced some very positive results. I mean, a very interesting study was done in Spain. and A Spanish practitioner had permission to go to the school, and she had talked with the, uh, the school administration and explained about doing the, the listening test that is done with the Burrard program and that you can identify children. You can actually predict what children may have difficulty in school or be challenged with learning difficulties. And so she went into the school and she did the listening test with the children and she had 60 children 
ages 6 to 11, and she didn't have any information at all about the kids, and she actually had the teacher give the children the directions so she wouldn't really have to inter- interact with them at all. All she did was this listening test. Mm-hmm. And she predicted correctly at 93% which children had learning difficulties and which children were typical. And she was able to do that with three different age groups, with groups of kids, like 60 kids at the elementary level and then 50 kids that were ages 12 to 16 and 48 kids ages 16 to 18. And her accuracy was between 93 to 95% at predicting which ones were typical and which ones had learning problems. It was pretty impressive. Obviously. <laughs> what kind of questions should a parent or a potential patient ask an AIT therapist before they begin treatment? Well, I think that they need to really, really study about AIT and understand that there are a variety of different sound-based programs available. And the Burrard method is, is probably the most well-researched and studied and well-documented so parents, you know, need to understand if they're looking for AIT, AIT is a generic term and could be used by many programs. If they're looking for Burrard AIT, they really need to, to search, you know, if they're using the, the Internet, put in, you know, Burrard AIT or go to the official Burrard AIT website and ask the practitioner who their instructor was because Burrard practitioners have to be trained by an approved Burrard instructor and ask if they're using the Burrard equipment because, again, we have to use the Burrard, either the Educator or the Audio Kenetron for this program. And also the, the program needs to be provided directly by the practitioner, directly using the equipment. Burrard practitioners are also issued a certification mark that parents can, can look for to identify you know, a Burrard practitioner. Speaking of Burrard practitioners, is AIT only available in France and the United States? No, it's really worldwide. Uh, it's available in 28 countries and 29 of the states in the U.S. And there's regions where AIT is really quite popular and available through several different practitioners within the region. But then there's other areas, you know, where it's isolated and, and uh, parents would have to travel. We do have a few itinerant practitioners who are willing to travel. You know, if a parent organizes a group in their town, a, a practitioner may travel and do, you know, spend 10 days there and do it. But it is growing and spreading in a variety of countries and, you know, here and in Europe and Asia, you know, quite quite a few different countries. I understand that AIT also got a real boost from the publication of the book The Sound of a Miracle in 1991. How did that change the public's awareness and perception of AIT? Well, it really increased the awareness tremendously. It was a a remarkable story written by the, the mother of a child, Annabelle Staley, and her daughter Georgiana had gone through the training with Dr. Berard and had remarkable, you know, improvements from that. And the book became available and parents read it and so of course they wanted to access the AIT. At that time it was predominantly available in France and in Canada. And so US parents, you know, would have to travel to access a practitioner. But I was about the fourth person in the country trained and the book came out and, you know, then more and more practitioners became trained, so it became more available here. But it was a, a very motivating and inspirational story. What kind of education and training does it take to become an AIT therapist? You kind of talked about the new mark that was introduced last year. but right. what's the... the um, they need to meet qualification criteria, and typically we're looking for 
individuals who have a background in special education or developmental disabilities. So it might be a speech-language pathologist or uh, occupational therapist, but we also train medical doctors uh, because they do work with the special ed population, psychologists, social workers, uh, special educators, so many different fields, but the key is that they need to have a background with developmental disabilities. I know you mentioned earlier that there's no upper limit to someone becoming an AIT patient, but I'm curious, I know adults have usually found some way to compensate or work around their problems. What kind of differences do you see in adults with the AIT therapy? Well, very significant. First, we, we have to remember that the brain can always reorganize or, you know, change through neuroplasticity until you die. So, you know, it can become more skilled in certain areas where it may not be functioning as efficiently. We see adults who their memory improves. I had one lady that did the program and she claimed that now she could remember a phone number, the seven digits of a phone number, without having to write it down. Individuals that can read and understand what they read without having to go back and reread and reread to get the meaning. Being able to filter out the background. One lady was able to finish a quilt that she had started years before she had had her kids. That Once she had babies and young toddlers in the house, she had put the quilt away and couldn't work on it. But she found she could concentrate, you know, even though the kids were playing, and she got the quilt out and finished it. So there could be many different areas. I had one adult that um, she had always wanted to dance and do theater, and it gave her the self-confidence to go into that. And then she went back to college and became an occupational therapy assistant. So obviously, Burrard AIT is not just for children. Absolutely. uh, In fact, I had... One adult that said that she wished it had been available when she was a child because it would have made, you know, her whole life a whole lot different. And she was very grateful. So she saw that much change even though she did it as an adult. So it really gives a lot of self-confidence. I think that's one of the key things is, is I see it in children and I see it in adults. Um, men, women, you know, it doesn't matter the profession. You know, many different people have done it. And they, they just function with much greater ease and more self-confidence. What are some of the best Burrard AIT websites for people to visit to learn more? Well, we have four websites. The official Burrard website is com, and that website provides a list of Burrard practitioners, so if people are interested in locating a Burrard practitioner, that would be the resource, and it also provides a lot of reliable information about the method. The website also sponsors the Society for Auditory Intervention Techniques, the web pages, and there are the back issues of the Sound Connection newsletters on there. And then it also has the Burrard AIT International Society, which is our professional organization, sponsored on that website. So it's a very comprehensive website. Another website resource is my own website, ideatrainingcenter.com, and that's a good source for data. I posted pre- and post-test results uh, with a variety of different tests and, and ages and groups of people. And it also provides information about professional seminars for those interested in becoming a practitioner. Dr. Berard has his own personal website, and that's com, and he's posted articles and information of interest on there. And then if people are interested in the equipment, another good resource is com, and that's spelled E-A-R. D-U-C-A-T-O-R, eardukator.com. And they have Burrard AIT pages on there with informational articles for parents and professionals. So all four of those websites would be reliable and accurate 
you know, providing information about the Berard method. Sally, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to talk with me about Berard AIT this evening. I appreciate your time. Well, it was a pleasure. Anyone wanting to learn more about this process should check out the website for the Berard Auditory Intervention Training Program at www.berardaitwebsite.com. You've been listening to the podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'll be back next week with another edition, but to learn more about our guest today, please visit the podcast page at www.unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about this program. Please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. This program is a joint production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon. 